Welcome to More Than Medicine, where Jesus is more than enough for the ills that plague our culture and our country. Hosted by author and physician, Dr. Robert Jackson, with his wife, Carlotta, and daughter, Hannah Miller. So listen up, because the doctor is in. Welcome to More Than Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Jackson, and I intend to bring to you biblical insight and more stories from the family doctor's rusty, dusty scrapbook. Just this week in my medical office, I had a patient come into my office who was complaining to me of neurological side effects that he was experiencing after receiving the COVID vaccine. He told me that he had numbness in his extremities, and this numbness had been there ever since he received the COVID vaccine several months ago. Now, some of you might think this is unique, but it's actually not. Over the course of the last year and a half, I've had multiple patients to experience what is to them very serious side effects from the COVID shot. One of my patients received the vaccine, and within hours of the vaccine, she experienced bilateral lower extremity paralysis, so severe that she could not walk for 48 hours. She spent the better part of 24 hours lying on the floor in her home, unable to get to a telephone to call her family to help rescue her. The family had to break into her home in order to rescue her from where she lay on the floor. Fortunately for her, the symptoms resolved within 48 hours. This was not like a stroke, which is usually unilateral. It affected both of her lower extremities. I had another 42-year-old man who received a vaccine, and within 48 hours, he died suddenly of a myocardial infarction, a heart attack. He had no prior cardiac history. Two of my patients received the vaccine, and within several days, both of them began to experience severe lower back pain that radiated into their left leg. Both of them experienced pain in their left leg, so severe that they could not walk. Both of them had such severe pain they had to be placed on uh, opiate narcotic pain relievers. They both were referred to neurosurgeons thinking that they had developed lumbar disc disease, but their MRIs revealed no such disease. They didn't even have uh, arthritis of the lower spine. Their problem was deduced to have been caused by the COVID vaccine. I could go on and on telling you stories of patients of mine who've received the vaccine and developed severe consequences. Another patient came to me who's having severe headaches, no history, no prior history of headaches, but after receiving the vaccine has experienced debilitating headaches every day for months after receiving the vaccine. And by the way, had no family history of headaches either. So, I share all of that with you so that you will understand that these vaccines are not without consequences and sometimes serious, sometimes fatal consequences. Now, that's leading up to my discussion for today, and my title for today's lesson is Vindication, the Pfizer Document Dump. Many of you already know that Pfizer requested a federal judge to allow them to keep 
under wraps for 75 years their research data. Now, why would they do that? Is it because there's something in their research that's embarrassing to them? Is there something in the research data that poses a liability risk for them? The answer to those questions is yes and yes. Some of you already know that there was a Freedom of Information request that got those documents released. Despite Pfizer's request to keep the data tied up for 75 years, a judge said, no, absolutely not. The data has to be released. And it has been released. And I'm telling you, this should be the biggest story of 2022. But the mainstream media is entirely silent about the Pfizer document release. There's nothing in the New York Times about it, nothing in the Washington Post, neither CNN or MSNBC, none of the mainstream media is even talking about it. If you're not able to access the alternative media, you will not know anything about the Pfizer document release. I would like to refer you to my source, which is Dr. Naomi Wolf's website, Daily Clout, C-L-O-U-T, dailyclout.io, dailyclout.io. Now, the reason I refer to her is because she put out a request for volunteers to help scour through the tens of thousands of pages of documents released by Pfizer. And amazingly, 3,000 highly qualified volunteers replied to her request, and they are daily scouring through the Pfizer documents, trying to understand them and trying to interpret them for lay people like ourselves. These include medical doctors, medical researchers, medical biostaticians, and they are skilled at looking at medical research paperwork. And every day they are releasing information that helps us to understand what's in the Pfizer documents. Now, before I dive into it, I want you to go back with me and remember some of the things that I shared with you last year that were my concerns about the COVID shots. My allegations were that that vaccine was not safe. It was not adequately tested. I also alleged that it was not effective. And as more and more information came in, that particular allegation that it was not adequately tested began to be corroborated. I also alleged that it was not effective. More than that, the VAERS data, as it began to be made available, confirmed my allegation that this so-called vaccine, it's really a genetic agent, that it caused serious adverse events such as heart attacks, strokes, myocarditis, shingles, and even sudden death, Bell's palsy as well. And the VAERS data confirms that all of those things have happened in large numbers. I asserted in one of my podcasts that this vaccine should not be given to children. It was not necessary to give it to children because 99% of children who get COVID survive it. Same with teenagers. 
And so there was absolutely no reason to give the vaccine to children. But I also said that the vaccine was not adequately tested in children and should not be given just for that reason. Nor should it be given to pregnant women because it was not adequately tested in pregnant women. I also alleged that natural immunity was legitimate. It was legitimate protection and it was a durable protection. Now, when I said these things, I want you to understand that there were folks who accused me of being a wide-eyed radical spreading medical disinformation. I was ridiculed and scorned in the media and on Facebook, on the internet, and I was even accosted in the hospital where I worked and taken to task by other medical professionals because of making these assertions. There's a verse in the scripture in the book of Proverbs, King Solomon the wise said, a lying tongue hates those it crushes and a flattering mouth works ruin. I want you to remember that scripture as we go through some of this information that has been made available through this Freedom of Information Act. And I want you to know that today I'm calling out the medical authorities from Dr. Fauci to Dr. Walensky at the CDC to the FDA to the Pfizer authorities themselves. They have all deceived the American people by withholding information that they all knew regarding the dangers and the ineffectiveness of the COVID vaccine, and yet they continued to foist upon the American people as their only hope, an ineffective and unsafe vaccine, while at the same time rejecting proven, safe, and effective alternative protocols. I'm also alleging that the Pfizer vaccine was a massive experiment upon the American people, and not just the American people, but really upon the entire world. FDA Confidential is written at the bottom of many of the pages that have been released to the public. And what that means is that these pages were to be given only to the FDA, and that many of these shocking revelations were given specifically to the FDA, and they knew about it in plenty of time to warn the American people. For example, the FDA knew in November of 2020, to be specific, November 20 of 2020, that the vaccine had waning efficacy, and yet they told us that it would require two shots in order for it to be safe, in order for it to be effective. And they told us that it was a safe vaccine. And yet in April of 21, an Israeli study revealed the need for booster shots. In fact, four booster shots. FDA and Pfizer both knew this six months prior to the Israeli study and they told no one. They knew the vaccine was not effective, and that was exactly my assertion early in 2021, that it was not effective, and that the booster shots were not effective, and that it were not safe. The spike protein 
the research reveals, does not stay in the deltoid muscle where the shot is given. In fact, their research shows that in 48 hours, it spreads to the liver and the lymph nodes and in females to their ovaries. Despite multiple assertions to the contrary by the Pfizer authorities, Pfizer also knew that there were serious adverse effects connected to their vaccine. For example, four people died on the very day they were injected, and Pfizer knew this. These four people were in their research studies. More than that, more than 1,200 people had serious adverse events in their research studies. Many of them had blood clots. Many of them had serious myocarditis. Many of them had strokes. Now, I want you to back up and recall the swine flu. When that vaccine was released, when 54 people had serious adverse events, the swine flu was recalled within the first 90 days. Now, you may ask yourself, why was the Pfizer vaccine not recalled very quickly after so many people had serious adverse events? And I'll tell you why. Because it was dispensed under an emergency use authorization, an EUA. And under the laws of our nation, when a vaccine is dispensed under an EUA, it is protected from all liability. And that's why Pfizer and Dr. Fauci were so intent on having the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines released under the emergency use authorization. They knew they would be protected from liability. Let's continue. Pfizer also knew from their research that 35 teenagers had suffered myocarditis due to the vaccine. It was in their research, and they did not tell parents of this concern until four months after the vaccine was recommended for teens in April of 2021. Four months later, after hundreds of thousands of teenagers had been vaccinated, they admitted the risk of myocarditis. Why did they admit it then? It was only because the increasing numbers of teenagers entering hospitals with myocarditis or experiencing sudden death. They were forced to admit it. But it was in the research. It was in their paperwork. They knew it. Pfizer knew it, and the FDA knew it, and they did not tell the parents of the teenagers. The law requires informed consent, and these parents and their teens were not provided informed consent. Teenagers and young children are at little to no risk of serious illness from COVID. Why does the government and Pfizer compel them or even recommend to them to get a COVID vaccine? It's not necessary. More than that, Pfizer has recommended the vaccine for pregnant women, stating that it was safe and effective for pregnant women. From my personal experience, I had distressed pregnant patients come to see me 
saying, Dr. Jackson, what should I do? My OB doctor is telling me I should get the COVID vaccine, but I am frightened to death of getting the vaccine. I'm concerned it will harm my baby. My doctor tells me that it is safe and effective, but I am not convinced. Universally, I told my patients, do not get the vaccine. Do not let your OB doctor browbeat you into getting this vaccine. It has not been adequately tested. The research reveals, the Pfizer document data release reveals that their assertion that the vaccine was safe was based on a study of 44 French rats that were studied for 42 days. And then these rats were killed and their fetuses were autopsied. They didn't even allow the birth of the baby rats. More than that, the study was conducted by Pfizer employees, which creates a serious conflict of interest. Based on that alone, they declared that the vaccine was safe and effective for pregnant women. When I read that, I wanted to pull my hair out and scream out loud. Now, in the research, 207 women became pregnant during the trials. Of that 270, 230 of their records mysteriously disappeared, which I want you to understand is highly irregular for records to disappear. Of 36 women who gave birth, 29 lost their babies. And Israeli researchers subsequent to all of this studied what happens to women who are vaccinated while pregnant. This Israeli researcher studied Scotland, Canada, and Israel. In Scotland, she found that in 2021, the number of deaths of neonates to women who had been vaccinated was two times the number that occurred in 2020. In Canada, in a three-month period of time, the number of neonatal deaths went from five to 86 compared to the three months prior. In Israel, there was a 34% increase in stillbirths and miscarriages in vaccinated mothers. In other words, there is a baby die-off. Women who've been vaccinated are experiencing a serious loss of their newborn children. We saw a similar experience in the United States with internet stories of pregnant women who were losing their newborns either while pregnant or immediately after birth. And yet the CDC continued to promote the vaccine for pregnant women, as did local OB doctors in my county, telling my patients that the vaccine was safe. This is Bob, the producer of More Than Medicine podcast. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you probably already know both Dr. Jackson and I are very much in tune with what's going on around us in the realm of South Carolina government. The complete spectrum, from governor to the school boards, and certainly everything in between. That's why I want to take a minute to tell you about my new podcast, titled South Carolina Politics. 
I have interviews from candidates to office holders to anybody that has anything to do with government in South Carolina. So check it out. I think you'll like it. It's called South Carolina Politics. Now, let's move to another topic. There are lipid nanoparticles in the vaccine that surround the spike protein. This is a very hard casing that surrounds the spike protein, and it crosses the blood-brain barrier. It accounts for many of the strokes and blood clots that we see patients experiencing. More than that, it crosses the placenta, can enter into the newborn. It also gets into breast milk, and many pregnant women, after giving birth, complain that it causes their breast milk to turn into a a blue-green color and that it causes their babies to experience GI irritability and failure to thrive. There's also polyethylene glycol in the vaccine, which may be accounting for some of the GI irritability that their newborns are experiencing. Another point I want to make is that back last year, I shared with you my conviction that natural immunity was legitimate and that it was long-lasting and durable. These documents released by Pfizer revealed that Pfizer knew that natural immunity was legitimate and that it was durable. Pfizer and the FDA knew it, but they denied it and nevertheless pushed the vaccine as the only remedy for the COVID pandemic. How disingenuous could they possibly be? A meta-analysis in the British Medical Journal Lancet in November of 2021 validated the legitimacy of natural immunity, and they stated that the risk of acquiring COVID a second time after acquiring the Delta variant was less than 0.4%. Fauci and the CDC denied the validity of natural immunity and pushed the vaccine even though they knew that the Pfizer documentation validated the legitimacy of natural immunity and multiplied thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of people who had had COVID received the vaccine anyway, even though it was not necessary. At the present time, Pfizer is rushing to get their vaccine approved for children even though it's not necessary for children to receive the vaccine. If that occurs, Pfizer will be protected against all liability in the future and for previous libelous activities, according to the laws of our land, because the laws of our land currently protect vaccine manufacturers if their vaccine is approved as a childhood vaccine. The Daily Clout and Dr. Naomi Wolf, plus Steve Bannon in the war room, have contracted with the group of lawyers who forced the federal government to end the mask mandate on airlines. And these lawyers have agreed to sue Pfizer on the grounds of three things, fraud, racketeering, and battery. They're also considering suing the FDA, which, as you can imagine, is much more difficult because there are multiple federal protections for the FDA. Let's resort once more to 
King Solomon the wise. Proverbs 29 and verse 17 says, A man who is laden with the guilt of human blood will be a fugitive until death. Let no one support him. I'm also asserting that there's nearly 900,000 people in the United States who have died needlessly because of the COVID pandemic, who could have been easily protected with the alternative protocol, the COVID protocol recommended by the frontline doctors. It was safe and it was effective. It had over an 86% effectiveness rate. And yet Fauci, the FDA, the CDC pushed the vaccine and they dismissed the COVID protocol recommended by the frontline doctors as ineffective and unsafe. I'm satisfied that the Pfizer officials, Dr. Fauci, the FDA officials, and the CDC authorities are all knowingly guilty of shedding innocent blood. Let no one support them. I wish I'd kept a record of all the patients who have come into my office in the last one and a half years and told me of family members who suffered a stroke or a heart attack or sudden death within days of or weeks of receiving the COVID shot. That should be a standard question in the emergency room of, of any patient who presents with a heart attack or stroke or a blood clot. The question should be, have you been given a COVID shot in the last two to four weeks? But I'm telling you, no one asked that question because no one wants to know the real truth. Now, to those who have discredited me and other doctors like me in the last year as a wide-eyed radical spewing disinformation, I would like to have you understand the Pfizer documents vindicate each of my assertions fully and completely. And these are not just my assertions, but the assertions of other medical experts around the country. And I'm not saying this with an I told you so attitude, because my mama told me many years ago that an I told you so attitude is never appropriate, but you can read between the lines. As I told you then, truth will prevail in the end. Education is our only strategy, and truth is our only weapon. Don't believe the mainstream media and don't believe the medical establishment. When they're moving their lips, they're always lying. I intend to go down proclaiming the truth, the truth of medical freedom over medical tyranny, the freedom of a constitutional republic over socialism, the freedom that's in Jesus Christ over sin and death. It's a determination in my heart to tell the truth or face the gulag. Who wants to go with me? Thank you for listening to this edition of More Than Medicine. For more information about the Jackson Family Ministry, Dr. Jackson's books, or to schedule a speaking engagement, go to their Facebook page, Instagram, or their webpage at jacksonfamilyministry.com. If you'd like to contribute to further the efforts of the ministry, you can support them at patreon.com forward slash Jackson Family Ministries. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Production at bobsloan.com.